When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Schmodown Backstage. It's Tuesday. We've got a packed show today, a couple first-time guests. Very, very exciting stuff. We're building up to a gigantic event in New York this weekend. I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut straight to the chase, guys. Our very first guest we're bringing on the show today, as I mentioned, first-timer. You have seen this gentleman talk to everybody under the sun. You see him all over the internet, all over the place, the Carpathian uh, one of the players is going to be appearing in New York this weekend. Welcome to Schmodown Backstage for the first time, Josh Horowitz. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes, I will escape my Zoom box and put on pants and exist in human form for once. I'm excited. It's nice to see you here. You know, you, I've, I've watched a lot of your stuff over the years, and uh, it had to have been a, a crazy change for you to go from so much in-person stuff to obviously just doing your job in the Zoom box so often, yes? You look like everybody, we all had to make adjustments. And yeah, certainly um, it was an adjustment. I mean, yeah, I, I, I way back when, you know, I got my start actually in, in radio, uh, even before uh, uh, I got to MTV and Comedy Central. So I was used to doing like, like phone kind of interviews. Um, and luckily for me, really early on when the uh, crap hit the fan, so to speak, um, Comedy Central came to me and was like, hey, let's try a Zoom talk show, which like kept me sane, semi-sane throughout the year and a half that was. Um, but I would be lying if I said I, I wasn't itching to get back out there and do more in-person stuff. I'm just starting to for my my day jobs. Um, and that's, it's, it's, it's night and day. And uh, it's all the more reason why I'm excited for the, the Brooklyn event too. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I did. I did a lot of uh, like junkets and red carpets for a long time. And as mm -hmm. we transitioned into, uh, you know, the, the year and a half that was, I found that I, I didn't want to fight as hard for the opportunities as I had before because I was doing a freelance. Right. So right. obviously, if it's your day job, you're just told, go here, do this. This is what your interview is. And you're doing it, whether it's Zoom or it's in person. Right. I found them to be so much less enjoyable. Uh, I kind of lost my passion for it on a small level. It didn't feel the same. It didn't feel as exciting or personal to get to spend time with these people I admired so much. No, I hear you totally. It's a, it's a different thing. It's apples and oranges. Look, I mean, it's like these, these are high class problems to complain about. Like, oh, I don't want to be on a Zoom with Shirley's there and I'd rather be in a room right. with her. Yeah, no kidding. But um, it's uh, it's also just like a different approach for an interview. It's like it's it's a different it's hard to establish an immediate connection. You know, there, there's really something to be said for like reading someone's body language and just feeling them out in the room. Um, so it, it definitely took an adjustment. That being said, like for me and my stuff for my podcast and other things, um, it actually like everybody lost their excuse to say they were unavailable. It was yeah. kind of like, it's it like, <laughs> really? You're unavailable? Where are you exactly? So, um, you know, my guest list for the podcast and everything was like better than ever. So I guess there was a tiny silver lining to the horribleness. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so we're, we're, we're promoting your event coming up this weekend. It's a big deal. It's uh, you got, you know, round two of the tournament here. Um, you're going to be playing in New York against Griffin Newman. Yeah. And it's big. I mean, you're a rookie here in the movie trivia showdown this year. So you came in, I think, you know, we, we obviously knew who you were, but just like any rookie, nobody really knew what to expect. You've really impressed a lot of people. You're in the conversation, you know, people are having for rookie of the year. Uh, what did you expect when you first walked into the movie trivia showdown? I was excited walking in. So I, I knew about the, the Schmodown a bit. I'd seen bits here and there over the, over the last few years. Um, and when Christian came to me, um, I was like, my, my gut was like, yeah, this will be fun. This will be cool. But like you obviously like, I, you don't know until you're in it, right? You don't yeah. know if you're going to be able to call upon the stuff in the, in the environment. And, and while I've certainly done plenty of, you know, stuff that has pressure attached to it, like doing in-person events and doing live events, um, there's something, it's a, it's a different skill set to a degree to like actually call upon movie knowledge um, with some pressure on you. So look, I'm like anybody, I didn't want to like make a fool of myself. <laughs> so um, I wanted to like feel like I had a, a shot at least at not embarrassing myself. That being said, like, I, you know, I knew like uh, I wasn't, you know, doing my job 
you know, with an earpiece, somebody telling me what, uh, what to say. Like I knew my stuff. So right. I knew I'd, I, I felt like I'd be okay. I asked actually my eventual teammate, Perry, ironically, who I, who I've known through for many years, I was like, what's this about? Do you think I should do it? Do you think I'll do all right? And she was encouraging. Uh, and then ironically now we're teammates. Um, <laughs> so everything worked out and yeah, look, my confidence has grown very quickly. Like I kind of was like, okay, yeah, I, I, I do know how to do this. I can call upon the trivia. Um, I, I grasp the rules of the game pretty quickly, I think. So um, it's been fun. I've really, I, with each progressive match, it's gotten more fun. And, and uh, that being said, I'm, I'm, I know Griffin's going to be a major, major challenge. Like I've seen, yeah. I, I have watched some of his tape and like, I know this guy knows his stuff. So it's going to be a, a bit, the biggest challenge for me by far. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You guys are, are both having very impressive seasons. I can't say I'm not disappointed that I, I didn't get past my second round opponent because I, I would have lined up against one of the two of you guys. But uh, been fun. Yeah. I'll still be very excited to see what Paige does uh, against one of you. So coming in, obviously, you, you're a movie fan, but you do, as I know from having done it, a tremendous amount of research, I would assume, for every every interview, for every podcast, for every junket, for everything that you're a part of. Totally. Uh, it's an, it's like just an arm and a leg's worth of reading. And obviously you watch some movies, but you don't watch 10 movies in interview. Um, so it's really going through all of the information that's out there. Do you find that that stuff you feel like has been the most helpful or do you think it's just your, your experience having watched movies? Um, no, I think it's both. I think it's, it's equal parts. Look like I, you know, everybody in this competition is a movie, is a movie fan, obviously first and foremost. And I've watched as many movies or, you know, as anybody, but Yes, the X factor for me is it is part of my job. And I'm and like I uh for good or for bad over prepare for every conversation I do. And it it drives me insane. And I'm like sometimes I wish I could just like phone it in a little bit more, but hey, I guess I've found a sil again another silver lining to over preparing <laughs> for 15 years, uh, is that it's all lodged in my brain, or a lot of it is. Um, yeah, I mean, like I I've I have. I've been lucky enough to like interview most major actors and filmmakers in the last 15 years. So like um, at some point I've researched pretty in depth. Most of the people that are on that wheel were going to come up. <laughs> Almost everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. Have you seen I mean, you don't have to reveal your secrets here, but have you seen yeah. certain matches or certain categories where you're like, that's that's a weak spot or I have no interest in researching that weak spot of mine. I hope it never comes up. Um, yes, there, there's, look, I, I think, and I've discussed this with, with Coy and Viviani, um, like, I think one of my assets, frankly, is I'm, I'm, I'm a good generalist. Like I, I actually, I'm, I'm pretty solid on 90%, 80 to yeah. 90% of, of, of the topics that I've seen. Um, there are a couple spots here and there that I definitely <laughs> do not feel comfortable in. And I don't think, uh, I'm going to suddenly go from a, C plus to a, to a B plus in the next, in the next five days. Um, so uh, yeah, there, 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 are, there are certain choice categories that I, of course I'll be spinning away from or I'll, I'll be doing my best to avoid. But I think honestly, even the worst of it, like I'll have a fighting chance. In, I can, I have a fighting chance in anything I think, which is again, I think an asset hopefully. Um, <laughs> when you ended up on the Mercs, I mean, do you feel like spiritually it's sort of just it fits. I mean, it kind of seems yeah. like it yeah. now getting to see you and talk to you a little bit. It feels like I, I couldn't imagine a different team. that would have been perfect for you, but oh, yeah. uh, did you know Koi ahead of time or no? I I'd seen some of his stuff, like some of the, the comic book, like interviews, comic book store interviews he's done. So yeah. like, I, I, I definitely uh, was aware of him. Um, no, you're absolutely right. Like this is the right fit for me. Totally temperament wise. Like, you know, <laughs> like I'm pretty easygoing and, and generally positive and a little self-deprecating, but like generally positive And that's, um Koi's vibe it's Perry's vibe it's it's the it's it generally seems like the team's vibe um I respect all the other teams and the folks I've, I've, I've gone up against but like with every match and as I encounter more more folks I'm like it's more and more clear like oh this is this is perfect yeah I mean I'll and you, you've got good support there obviously you know Bibiani and Brendan oh, yeah. that's that two incredible incredible players uh and all of you guys all of you guys entered in the first round of this tournament so you know it's going to be uh exciting to see how many Mercs end up making it, you know, to, to the end, obviously there's, uh, there's a lot of matches to be played. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a good group and it, it's, it's, it is exciting. At least at the outset, it seems like we've got some, uh, some good possibilities ahead. So talk to me a little bit about the character stuff. I mean, did you have a theater background acting at all? I mean, is that like, like you see some of the bigger performances and maybe the older right. matches and even some of the stuff live digital, it hasn't been maybe quite as present, but mm -hmm. did that part of the, the part of the Shmodown excite you? Did it scare you? Um, 
Well, so I, I know, my, look, I, I definitely perform, if, you know, if some people have seen different parts of the stuff I've done. And I, the one, the, the weird part of my career is like, I have kind of like the straightforward, like uh, interview stuff. And then I do a lot of, I've done a lot of like sketch comedy stuff with celebrities and, and, and stuff like that. So that, that is a huge part of me. Comedy and performing is definitely a part of my background and interest. That being said, I know my strengths, like, and my strengths, actually, if you look at the sketches I've done, I did a series called After Hours and Stir Crazy for Comedy Central. It's, it's, I'm playing the straight man, actually. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm a good straight man. I'm good yeah. at, at kind of like, you know, feeding off of the absurdity. So I knew, um, you know, going into this, um, I'd seen some of the character work and I'd heard about it. Um, I knew that what, like, I wasn't going to come in with a huge persona. It's just not, yeah. it's not my skill set. It's not my, my inclination. Um, that being said, you know, me talking to you now and me at a match, like it's always, it's always going to be a, like a, a 20% heightened version of myself, sure. which is just a little bit more of like, you know, the nebbishy self-deprecating Jew that is in my, my blood. Um, so, <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, this is, you know, like what you see is going to be just sort of like Horowitz on slight steroids, uh, but it's, it's still me. I said forever that the all the characters in the Shmodan that people play, I mean, almost. There's a few of them maybe that are like real stretches, but most of the time it's just kind of an exaggeration of what we really are. And it's not even like what we really are, like the heels are all bad guys, but it's like you take that side of yourself maybe that never really gets to show or that you know is kind of inappropriate to give into. Maybe it's mm. the angry side of you or it's the jealous side or it's the competitive side and you feed it and you just kind of, you dig in and that creates the characters for most people. Yeah. And uh, I do find that kind of across the board, if you analyze what people end up doing and what they're most comfortable doing, it is slightly married to who they are in the first place. Right, and I think also, as I said, kind of was alluding to before, I'm, I'm good at kind of like reacting off of what is put in front of me. So that's why I feel like Griffin's fun for me because he's obviously, I, I, I know he's gonna bring like a big uh, shtick in the best possible way. And I, and I know I can, diffuse that in my own silly ways um uh and i think that applies to anybody so like i, I can i can kind of adapt to the the situation when you went into your first match was there a small part of you as like the first questions were being asked that were like just don't make a fool of myself just don't just don't yeah. just don't face plant and just win one match and that's good enough yeah it was interesting because i think my first singles was paul alter hauser yeah who was a big unknown going into and i know he's kind of surprised some folks too right like um yeah. he uh yeah it was um it was kind of I felt good about that because like I knew Paul a little bit and but I felt like probably like most people felt like oh you know he's a quote-unquote celebrity too so like does he really like know how much is he going to know so maybe I felt like I was going to be okay then he started to get like in that match I think we both were basically perfect until yeah. the very end so um it was it was um again playing your 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 uh your opponent like that kind of focused me there are two different ways to react right to your opponent like if they're getting everything right you fold or you or it sharpens you and i i found luckily that i'm getting sharper the the more difficult the opponent uh, the more difficult the opponent is so i don't know if that answers your question but yes in the back of my brain i was definitely um just like be respectable don't like yeah right squander whatever small reputation i have the first one yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> walter hauser in that match if i recall correctly pulled like I think he pulled like in the category of Viola Davis, which which Medea movie she was in or something like that. I wouldn't have, I would not have gotten that. That was I, like a, just look at the draw. That was yeah. He, I couldn't he, believe like he pulled it. I remember he got yeah. that. I was just like, wow, that's like a very specific answer to get. Yeah, uh, I think I remember I got the Ed Harris category. I was very pleased with how. Yeah, that you went did down. well. <laughs> was, you did well. I was just like, oh, who knew I knew Ed Harris that well? That fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. If you're if you're a movie fan, he's one of those actors that it's kind of impossible not to like. But you know, that's a good example, actually, of like you were asking me about like calling upon my knowledge and like yeah. stuff I've done in the past. Like, for instance, there was a question in there that was maybe maybe the most difficult of the Ed Harris questions, which was about um, what Academy Award winner was in Appaloosa, his direct, directing yeah. effort Appaloosa. I covered the junket for Appaloosa in Toronto like 13 years ago. So like, yeah. I sat down, I interviewed Jeremy Irons about Appaloosa. So sure. like- it's yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a very specific way to remember it. And yeah, I mean, I do, I do uh, sort of similar things. You try to kind of call on that knowledge and what's difficult. I, I actually find this to be frustrating sometimes if you have the time and wherewithal to go track the memory of maybe it was that Oscar season or that where you were when you saw it, you'll get more answers. Right. But like in my match against page, I look back at the question I got wrong and logically I had worked 
you know, both the, uh, the Oscar season from first man. And I had also worked the Oscar season for uh, moonlight. Right. And so I like, I, I had distinct memories of both. And in fact, I had, I had written for time Warner cable media trivia questions for the, the four team over the whiplash one. Mm-hmm. So if I had really worked through it, I think I would have remembered exactly which ones he was nominated for, but I didn't, I just went in my head. I was like, well, I think this seems right. This seems shorthand. Yeah. And I guessed it. And then when I tracked it back afterwards, I was like, that's so dumb. You had like actual reference stuff points. Yeah, no, same with me. Movie release dates, for instance, it's all in relation to like, you know, what I was covering at the time and what I was doing. It's either childhood memories or it's like, or it's remembering from what I was covering in relation to what. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, obviously sometimes you'll get kind of jumbled up. Like for me, First Man in my mind was a much bigger movie than it actually mm-hmm. was. It actually yeah. wasn't. It, it should have been or it was supposed to be, but no, it, totally. and it kind of wasn't. Um, so your love of movies, you know, and, and did, did it start with like a parent? Was it you start seeing movies at a very young age? How did it start? Um, so I, very, I just as long as I can remember, my dad was definitely a, a big movie fan and I was exposed to a lot of the stuff that he grew up with. And for him, it was like everything from like World War II films to like Abbott and Costello movies and stuff like that. Um, and then I had an older brother, still have an older brother, Adam, who's actually in the industry. He's a very successful uh, writer in TV and film. Um, and he was obsessed with movies. So like that was our bonding thing. You know, it was like double features, triple features, just watching as much as possible. I did like, you know, and, and early on, I was even like nerdier if that's possible. I was do- doing like the Star Trek conventions and stuff like that. Like I was into everything. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, was, it was the passion growing up uh, above anything. Like other passions have come and gone. Like I was a baseball fan that came and went, but movies have just always been been it that's been the overriding passion so um thank god i i'm paid to talk about it talk about them did you (laughs) did you find that with the sort of um the surge in premium television over the last 10 years your attention started to get pulled i mean do you have to sort of decide like where you put more attention because there's not time to watch everything there's no way to watch everything it's it's insane and it bums me out a bit um i mean i love tv as much as anybody and i watch a ton of it but yeah there are only so many hours in the day um yeah I mean, like I probably like anybody that does this stuff, like I have my lists of like, what's on the list? What do I need to watch? And, um, and a lot of it is always like catching up at the end of the year, especially for awards season. Um, but yeah, I mean, as much as I love the TV renaissance, my, my true heart of hearts and my love is, is going to be movies. Always. I'm the same way. Are you competitive? Do you contribute? Have you always been kind of a competitive person or is this bringing a side out of you that you didn't know was there? No, it's probably a little, it's pretty unusual for me. Maybe. Yeah. I, I've, I've avoided competitive anything maybe. yeah i don't know maybe this is a, a new side of myself i'm finding yeah huh interesting i mean partially because maybe because like there are so few things i feel like i would actually be pretty good in and yeah <laughs> thank god for you guys i found something i'm decent in well we have gotten to see the good side of, of mr horowitz here as he's primarily been winning uh it's uh it's, it's a wonderful thing to win trust me i i, lo- I love doing it <laughs> i hate losing just as much so uh no, i'm gonna be- i'm if and when it happens, it'll happen at some point. It will be a bummer, but uh, I'm going to enjoy the ride and uh, give, give give Griffin as good as I can get. Your temperament kind of suggests you'll be just fine, it seems to me. Um, guys, get tickets this weekend if you haven't already. We're going to be in New York. It's Griffin Newman versus Josh Horowitz. We got an incredible main event. Marisol McKee up against Chance Ellison. Historic event. This is the first Schmodan back live outside of Los Angeles in almost two years. And they are incredible events. This is actually the first one I'm not going to be attending ever, other than the one that I couldn't go to in Orlando because I had back surgery. But other than that, I've gone to all. Um, anyway, uh, enjoy this weekend, sir. Thank you so much for being a guest Thank on the you. show today. And uh, we hope to bring you back again soon if you, if you keep winning. Best of luck. That's that's incentive enough. Now I have to keep winning in order to get invited back. No, great to meet you, man. And thank you for everything. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you in person one of these days. All right. Sounds good, man. Take care. See you, man. Thank you. The consummate professional, Josh Horowitz. Just what we expected. Um, that guy's good. That guy's really good at the movie trivia showdown. Yeah, uh, you should take some notes about being a consummate professional, Ben. That's yeah, funny. Very good. Some stuff. Very funny, Goddard. I wish I could just turn your camera on. I wish I knew how to do it without you knowing <laughs> so I could catch you and embarrass you when you make fun of me. Oh, yeah, um, it'd be great. I just yeah. uh, I was just done stuffing my face. Yeah, it'd be like turning on that David Hasselhoff when he's eating the burger on the floor video. <laughs> um, oh, a classic, video. classic. It's a, sad, it's a very sad video, but it's still quite funny. Um, uh, who do you got? Who do you think? Horowitz, Newman. 
It's tough because like the the easy money is probably on Griffin Newman because of, you know, his podcast and his deep knowledge that he seems to flex every single week on it. But I don't think in all of their matches, like, I don't know how many questions Josh has missed, but I know he went perfect against us when me and Paul played him. But he is a very impressive player. So I think it's in three rounds, anything can happen. I'll go 51-49 for, for Griffey Nooms. Yeah, it's, they're both really good, really impressive players. They, what they really feel like to me, they represent kind of what the old Schmodown, not in terms of their knowledge base, because I think they're better as rookies than a lot of the older players, but they represent what a lot of the old days felt like, where you had podcasters and professional critics who were pretty much just, that was who was in the show. It was all yeah. people that were screening movies, had podcasts, uh, and obsessed with this stuff and you know it's like there's a there's an ease with which they answer questions and there's a mystique to what they know because you kind of assume they're both busy and they have jobs and lives and they're not obsessing over studying for the schmodown they're living their lives and they're taking that knowledge into matches where i think a lot of rookies a lot of the rookies have been fans we don't know what they do for a living who knows what their day job is but in theory what it, which is sort of the idea is that they have all this time to study. I don't know if it's true or not, but I think the perception yeah. of these guys is that they're, you know, working professionals. And so it's kind of impressive to see them flex that, uh, that trivia knowledge. I wonder if either of them is truly studying. I would think so. I, I mean, I don't know. And this is not to say anything uh, towards Josh and his like how serious he's taking it. He's taking it very seriously, but you know, the manager of the Finstock exchange, Greg, the barbarian is going to have his teammates studying his team studying. Uh, and I mean, we just saw it when they played final exam. Uh, they looked real good. King Arthur looked really, really good. Yeah, I mean, look, it's they're they're both you know very impressive players. So I'm I'm looking forward to watching this match as much as any. I did just drop a second ago that I was not going to be able to go to New York. Uh, I had previously planned. Um, I had made this clear to I think this show and all the other shows that I host. I had to cancel my trip last week, unfortunately. My health has gotten very bad again. Um, it's, it's not doing well. And I am banking all of my energy that I possibly have to making this tour happen and not having to cancel any part of it. And so I felt like going to New York and uh, risking it in this moment was probably a little bit more, a little more aggressive than it needed to be. And so I'm staying in Los Angeles this weekend to try to take care of myself, uh, unfortunately. And I, I'm, I'm disappointed to miss out and not see you guys in New York because I know a lot of you in the chat I have been talking about it for a while. I was really excited to go, but uh, you know, you got to take care of your health, your health sometimes. So yeah. it is what it is. Number one sometimes. And exactly. Uh, so coming on the show as our next guest in just a second, you guys watched him play this last week in the inner geekdom uh, tournament final An impressive match. He is a member of the best faction in the movie trivia Schmodown, and he is the future inner geekdom champion of the world. We welcome to the Movie Trivia Schmodown's backstage show, Robert, the Spider Parker. How are you, Spider? Yeah, you're muted. The quote, the quote of 2020 and 2021. Perfect. I said hello. Thank you for that, for that very kind introduction, and I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I almost feel like nowadays when you're on Zoom and you're getting ready to do like the intro with someone and you see the little red mute thing, you're thinking, I want to give them the benefit of that, that they're going to click the unmute just before they talk. But what you really should be is like, welcome to the show, Robert. You are still muted, Parker. Yeah, that like, should be part of the intro, 100%. You know, like, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like 70% of the time, that's what happens. Yeah, it's also different with like the Zoom versus StreamYard. It's just, it's complicated. Yeah, it is, a, it is complicated. How you doing, man? It's good to see you. I'm doing good. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I'm finally like settled back in. Hope you're doing okay. I know you're, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right. I, I mean, it sucks. Uh, I, when I say like my health is not so good, I mean, I'm alive. It's more like self-preservation. Right. Like I, I know that carrying around a guitar case and multiple suitcases and all this is going to be a bit of an undertaking. And uh, I just felt like, you know, trying to remove things from my schedule is probably the right thing to do if I want to make sure I can actually yeah. do it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you know, I'll be, I'll be disappointed to miss out on New York, but I will definitely be there at the Spectacular. And so will you, sir, after I a will. very, very impressive win. Guys, we're going to be spoiling all the results of the match that happened on Friday, if you didn't know that already. Uh, I think it premiered like an hour ago, though, on the main channel, didn't it? Maybe it's a uh, that's two. a good question. I don't know the answers to those kind of things. Yeah, it's above it's my favorite. It premieres today publicly, <laughs> but it was already up okay. as a, as a uh, 
the pay-per-view on Friday. Uh, it was sure. a surprising result, I have to say. Not not the fact that you won. I had I had full expectation that you would win, but the way the match went. Yeah. And before we get into any piece of it, I want to remind everybody in the chat watching. Um, look, Saul's one of my favorite players in the showdown. The guy gives this game. He gives this game everything. He prepares. He is awesome. His character is great. He takes it extremely seriously. Um, it's unfortunate that his two in-person appearances have turned out the way that they have. Uh, I'm more than happy for constructive comments and criticism in the chat. I don't want any bashing. It's just not what I want to see today. It's not what we're going to do. Um, I want to talk about the match and I want to talk about the beats of the match and kind of how it felt for you. Um, And, you know, we're happy to congratulate you while doing it, but uh, I don't think when a player that puts their heart out there and gives it everything they have, have a bad performance that is every rake through the coals on every single show until the end of time, especially because this is backstage. You know, we can kind of talk a little bit about it. So, um, Yeah, man. Look, I, I didn't get to watch it in person, but I heard the results right afterwards. And mm-hmm. it it felt like, see, this is what's crazy. In round one, you actually only get seven points. I got eight. But Saul gets, you get, okay, you get eight. And eight, Saul it gets was six. eight, six. Eight, six. It's, yep. Okay, eight, six. Gotcha. Um, you get eight, he gets six. It feels like he's completely face planting in round one. But at the end of the day, despite the fact that he's only gotten six, you've only gotten eight. You had to have right. that point been like, you know what? I feel like this guy's not playing that well and I have an advantage, but this is this much of an advantage in a five round match. A hundred percent. Yeah. Two points is nothing in a five round match. And I knew that going in and uh, realistically, should it have been 10 or 11 to six? Yeah. I, I missed a question by putting an actress's name instead of the character's name, which I clearly knew the answer to, but if I really knew it, then I would have gotten it right. Uh, and the same goes for uh, the other one I missed, which was a screenwriter question. The number of uh, movies that a screenwriter has uh written in the star trek series and i knew that he directed two and i knew he wrote one that he didn't direct so i put three but it was only two uh so i miss very gettable questions but yeah 100 i knew at the end of round one i did not feel comfortable i did not feel like this is going to be a blowout at the end of round one i felt relaxed i was having so much fun like the day of i just felt in my element but i knew that it was far from over how prepared for this match relative to others you've played did you feel? Like, where, where are you playing sort of on the scale of 1 to 10 right now, you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, weirdly, I think this was the match I prepped for the most out of my whole season. Uh, but that also made me feel the most nervous because I was getting big wins when I hadn't prepped as much. You know, when I played against Jesse and uh, even Hannah and Chance at the beginning of the year. And then when I had prepped the most before, this was against Chandra. And I lost that match. Uh, so I, I was definitely on edge a little bit because of how much I had put in. Um, but no, this was probably the most prepared I had ever felt going into a match. You know, I was just talking to Horowitz about this and I, I think I mentioned it last week on the show, but I have used this example a few times talking about my personal experience in the, in the for Betty match and the question I missed the mm-hmm. three pointer. And I, I bring this up because it's, I think one of the rare examples when a player will say, you know, I missed what I missed. I, I, I knew what I knew. Right. They give no credit to sort of the in-between of could you have gotten one right that you missed right. and, you know, could you have guessed it, things like that. Like pl- most of the time, players don't like to dignify the idea that there was information out there that they could have gotten that they didn't right. get. I think yeah. it's an ego thing. There's a pride, pride thing there too, person. yeah, 100%. But the truth is, unless you miss a question, like I, I've said this before, I, I, I was never going to get Lucas Black, right? Never going to get Lars. There are certain misses in my career that there was a 0% zero chance because was, it wasn't going to be guessable and I had no idea. I just didn't know who Lucas Black was. Yeah. But certain questions you do have a chance to work through maybe a more complicated process to get to the answer and even if it's just to get to the educated guess you can work your way there that i think is the difference between when we're what we're talking about preparation it's not how much you've studied it's how lucid you are it's how like sharp you're feeling right your reacts yeah your reactivity right the speed at which your brain is working how you're able to navigate 15 seconds and make those quick decisions. And that's truly, I think, when people talk about the Schmodown as a sport, you can say it's a game, you can say it's a sport. I think that stuff is the stuff that makes me feel like it is a true mental sport. Mm-hmm. Because I think you can gain an advantage in certain situations. Like I was saying to Josh, it could have navigated my personal, my personal experience to have a much better shot at answering that question instead of just like, sort of eyeballing it right essentially just going by feel i think this seems about right where i actually could have worked through like a math problem to try to get the right answer so i ask that question about how sort of prepared you are because i do think it's that's the real that's the real question it's like how how sharp and relaxed do you currently feel not how much study you've done yeah 
Um, no, I agree. So, I think it, okay, it's okay, a little bit different. I was just gonna say, I think it's a little bit different for IG and Star Wars too, um, just because you can, for uh, you know, singles and teams, you can study for months and not you know watch a dozen movies a day, and you could still get questions about movies you'd never looked at or never heard of or never seen. Uh, the same is not true of IG. Uh, so you, I think there's more of an advantage to studying trivia in those two divisions than there is in singles and teams. But like you were saying, that being sharp, that being locked in matters then even more so because your opponent also has that studying advantage. So if you're not locked in, if you're not ready, if you're not strategically ready to play the game, uh, then you're giving up uh, what edge you could be having in general. Right, right, right. Um there was a big controversy amongst uh, fans. I mean, I would say fans, not really entirely because we deal with our stuff respectfully, but you know, mm-hmm. a lot of fans had strong opinions about the way the faction system worked and the fact that only one of our two IG stars uh, between you and Mara got a chance yeah. to play in this year's tournament. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about what it means to you uh, to be able to play in this tournament and to get Mara's blessing, uh, knowing that you know, she obviously is a former champion and she gave you the, gave you the baton, so to speak. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so Mara is like one of my best friends and I had maybe had one conversation with her before we started talking about who, like what the faction thing was going to line up, you know, you, you and me and Kaiser had talked, but you know, nothing really fell into place uh, until pretty close to the draft. And then once that had happened, like on day one, Mara and I were in the gym together, basically, uh, prepping for her for Chandru and me for the start of, uh, my run. I knew I was getting Hannah pretty early on. Um, so we just grew super, super close. And, uh, both of us hit really hard bumps for our careers uh, around the same time in the season, around the same time that she lost to Mike was around the same time that I lost to Chandru. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly like when certain matches were taped, but it was very close. Uh, so both of us were like, you know, a little bit down on our luck and like, we weren't, uh, uh, we, we both sort of wanted the other person to go into it. And uh, both of us wanted to sort of be the, the Paul or the, the uh, Mickey uh, and it, conversations went the way they did uh we really were hoping even if mara had still been champion we were really hoping it was going to be a 16 person tournament not an eight uh that's just not the way the schedule the schedule wow i it's been a long day of work uh that's not the way the schedule shook out is what i meant to say uh but so it was only one. So, you know, me, Mara, Kaiser, we got input from other people in the faction as well. And uh, it was ultimately just decided that I'd take it and Mara would uh, help me every step of the way. And she has part of the reason that I was so locked in and focused and confident and just loose and in my element, uh, just having fun, smiling, even after the misses, like all of that uh, mental prep, uh, definitely I, I attribute to her a hundred percent and Kaiser as well, just staying loose, uh, you know, I, this was the first match where I was missing stuff and I didn't start to like panic or let the pressure get to me. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm having fun. I'm in the cantina. Like I'm playing the tournament finals. I'm having a great time still. And part of that does, uh, <laughs> has to be attributed to the, the score difference and the, the lead I had, but part of it was just, I was prepped and, uh, it meant so much for me to not only get the blessing from, you know, a two-time former champion who was like, I'll help you, you do it. Uh, but also just like one of my best friends in the world who was willing to support me in that way. That meant a lot great player and uh i will say about mara and dan because there are two people that i i knew i would say i was friends with last year definitely Mm -hmm. um we were on the faction together obviously and you know i got to see them and have lunch with them before they left town but the difference between my relationship to the two of them and and as well as i know them then and now is a completely different you know it's like we've gone through it as a as a family together the dungeon really is a family and we we spend a lot of time together and in the big moments and uh we've all been there in each other's wins and losses and um so I really can speak to the, the quality of person that Mara is and, and she's so supportive and, and so smart, <laughs> like, like, like insanely, insanely, insanely smart. One of the most intelligent people I think I've ever met in my life. Um, oh, we lost Parker for a second, unless that is my connection. Oh, you lose me for a second. No, I'm here. I'm back. We're good. Yep. I lost you. I was, I was, That's my Wi-Fi, not yours. I was just saying was Mara is like one of the smartest people I've ever met yes. in my life. She's like yes. in, insanely intelligent. So to have that yes. person in your corner training you, and she kind of is your trainer, 100%. Um, yeah. is, is a pretty special thing. So then let's, let's talk about the additional piece of this, which is that the mascot, the spiritual mascot <laughs> of the dungeon is another former inner geekdom champion in yeah. Kevin Smets. Yeah. So it's like we, we run pretty deep. You're, uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of support behind you to go and get this title. Definitely a strong hive mind of uh, 
good integration competitors. And as much as they help, you know, I, I also put in a lot of work myself outside of working with the two of them outside of working with Kaiser. Uh, I also put in a lot of time on myself and I think it showed this match. Yeah. I mean, you've played incredibly well. So round one, obviously uh, Saul gets six. You mentioned you get eight. Mm-hmm. Um, round two is kind of where you see, I would imagine round two is kind of where you started to feel like this was not going to be a normal match. This was going to be one of those matches. Yep. Cause he just kind of, I feel like he got that thing happens where you get punch drunk and you start swinging and you just, it's like you're swinging. You're just kind of, I don't know. He felt tired. I can't, I can't really describe what I was watching out of Saul. Cause I know that he's a more prepared player than he looked, but it yeah. looked in this match, like a player that hadn't, hadn't eaten his Wheaties or something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not sure if it, part of it is, you know, hindsight's 2020 with different questions from that category, maybe he would have done better. Um, but I, I'm not sure if he was hesitant to take it or not. Maybe Kate convinced him. I, I have no idea uh, if he was, you know, gun ho for that category from the start. Uh, but I think having to check to multiple on the first question when it's like the second build cast member of the movie uh, can, I, I imagine that would be a little bit disheartening. Uh, and then the second one he checked down and got it. So he got the first two, I think, uh, checked down and got them both. And then uh, strategically, I don't think it's like, a horrible maybe I think he played a little bit more like a three-round match than a five-round match but I don't think it's a horrible decision to if you're 70 80 90 percent sure uh to and you're behind that much to just swing and see if you get it you know if when you're behind you have to take way more risks 100 percent. that is true at, so and same with if it's a very close game it's if it's a close game you have to take more risks so I was able to play this match a little bit more comfortably I checked down twice in round two I didn't buzz in as aggressively as if it was a close match like that was an that was a choice I did that on purpose because I was in a comfortable place so I sort of just let him keep swinging let him keep sort of unraveling himself so to speak uh so I don't think he like made strategic errors by guessing for two it depends i guess how sure he was um but i mean three two-point steals in a row uh is enough to tilt anybody i'm sure without a doubt right i mean that's and that's just the truth it is like sometimes you just aren't going to have your best match i think on yeah. action guys drew and i talked about it and it's like almost every single great player has at least one one match that looks like yeah. that you know i think I, I think i was remembering my worst that i ever had was with with riley it was the shazam match shazam, last year yeah. where round two we just it looked like we were amateurs we lost almost every single point you know drew obviously against me uh the last one we played was kind of yeah. like that dan against drew had had a match like yeah. that you know it's almost everyone has had one where you really swing hard and you just face plant uh, Oyama yeah. against sometimes me, you right? strike out like sometimes you strike out swinging and that's sometimes it's around happens. one of the tournaments sometimes it's a title yeah. you just never you never yeah. know when it's going to happen and it's unfortunate for Saul that like again there's going to be this this idea of uh, his season is going to be deter- it's going to be so remembered for the two in-person losses more than it's right. going to be remembered for the fact that the man has four wins and they're all knockouts which is right he other so than crazy. Thomas Harper who you know won't, like is one of the best competitors in his division that we've ever seen other than Harper. He's, I, I think this is true. That Saul scored more points for his faction than anybody. And people aren't going to remember that. And that's unfortunate, but I think he should be commended for that. Like he has been an immense help in the faction race. Uh, he's really kept the den in it this season. Uh, and unfortunately I think he, this season, I think he, even himself, he'll look back on the season. He won't remember those accomplishments. I think he'll beat himself up over this and I hope he doesn't. Um, but that's like you said, everybody sort of goes through that one match where they, they work really hard and it still just doesn't work out. So this weekend uh, in New York, I'm looking at the chat here and this is kind of, mm-hmm. kind of special and really cool to see. Um, you've got Thomas Harper, who, uh, as you mentioned, legend, legendary player. He's, yeah. It looks like he's going to be in New York this weekend. I see Nick Harley, uh, former FCL, I think a former FCL champ, but I think vacated yeah. and joined the stars. Uh, he's going to be in New York this weekend and people talking about meeting their teammates in person for the first time in New York. <laughs> Uh, if you guys are not going to New York, if you're close by, if you're on the East Coast, if you've considered it, I highly recommend it. Live events are the most fun. Uh, you yes. can get your tickets at theschmodownlive.com. Also, um, you know, I believe the New York event is going to be streamed as a pay-per-view. Now, I, I need to confirm that, Goddard, if you know mm-hmm. the 
the answer there you can you can confirm more but usually they're streamed as a pay-per-view and uh you get all of the pay-per-views as part of your membership to the patreon which is a ten dollar tier that's where you get all the exhibition matches all the pay-per-views so patreon.com slash mowdown if you haven't already joined it is a great great value i highly recommend you guys do it get excited head to new york this weekend, I will be there in spirit. I'll be missing the event, but I will definitely see you guys at Spectacular, where we will see this man right here, the spider, Robert Parker. So you go into the betting round, you, you know, you guys do what you do. Obviously, he uh, and he bets three. He, he gets one point on you. But at this point, yeah. I believe you're, you know, I, I would if I was in your shoes after round two, when you get past that betting round and you don't lose ground, like it's not like a six point swing. Right. At that right. point, it's kind of like it would be almost impossible for you to lose at that point. So then right. you just, the, the way yeah. that I lose there is play super aggressively and mess it up. Uh, that's the word I wanted to use there, not the other one, uh, and mess it up. That's how I would have lost that. So like people saying, oh, you know, he didn't close out strong, all this stuff. Like I played that round defensively for a reason. Uh, he, there was only once where he genuinely beat me to the buzzer and the rest, like there's no point in me buzzing in four questions or four words into the question. He has to do that. Not me. I'm up by, I don't even know what the, the gap was going into the speed round, but I was up significantly. So I intentionally played it defensively. Uh, if, if I'm behind, if it's a closer match, I probably play that a little bit more aggressively, but I don't need to buzz in on the question. How many people have played Batman and have two seconds to try to count through it. You know, yeah. I don't have to, I, I'm not in a position where I have to be aggressive in that situation. He does and the pressure's on him. So I, I think I played that round as smart as I needed to. Absolutely. And so, the, you know, you, you, you get past that round, uh, it, it ends the match and yep. we get into, you know, victory celebration, you know, you're excited, you're in person. What was that like for you after this string of digital matches, you know, to be doing it in front of fans and be able to yeah. hug Kaiser. I mean, that's gotta be a different feeling. It was unreal. Oh, it yeah. was amazing. I, I like, there's never a digital match that I had where, uh, whether I won or lost, whether I knocked out or whatever happened, there is never a digital match that I enjoyed as much as either of my two uh, studio matches. The first one against Ace in my debut last year and then this one uh, this year. And not just because of the, the crowd was amazing. I was able to sort of play them there right to my side and that's so much fun. Uh, but just to have Kaiser there is an insane help. Uh, to be able to look people in the eye that I knew in the audience, to be able to look... It, it's it's a different feeling completely in between rounds you know when they're moving the wheel and stuff being able to talk to uh walk to the side with kaiser and literally go into a huddle and talk about the strategy for the next you know that that kind of thing just cannot be overstated how different it is and how much i'm in my element in person just having fun with the crowd and even on misses like i was just brushing them off and i wouldn't have done that in a digital match not as easily at least yeah, it's a distinctly different feeling. Uh, yeah. We talked about this plenty, you know, the preparation yeah. for it, the way it feels during, the way it feels after. And the party after, too. That's a, Yeah, getting that's to hang time. out with everybody and see people, yeah. especially when you win, especially when you win. Um, you know, somebody told me this the other day that after the page loss, my record is now, I've got 30 wins, apparently. I'm one of a couple players wow. ever to have 30 wins, but I've got 20 losses. <laughs> I've lost 20 times in my career. And I was thinking about the difference in the feeling of wins and losses. And like, you know, the in-person live event win is like the best feeling. If you're going to rank yeah. sort of the way it feels right. The in-person sure, live yeah, event power win is like, yeah. it's like as good as it gets. And yeah. the like huge title match loss in a place by yourself digital is like the most demoralizing loss yeah. there could ever possibly be in existence. Yeah. And Even if you're going into a zoom after, like it, it's just, it doesn't it's matter. The it's the yeah. worst, right? Like the high, the high level digital match, the loss uh, is just incredibly like just demoralizing. And I was thinking like the emotional roller coaster of the Schmodan is really, it's really something. And, and any, anybody watching yeah. the show who's ever sort of wondered, you know, like, do we take it seriously? I know, you know, we do, or, or how much of our, when you lose or you win a match, like how much of your day does that occupy? You know, are you able to shake it off and go do something right after you can try? I mean, you can certainly try. I had to go uh, after I taped the page match, I had to drive out to Pasadena to a studio to go finish the third song for my upcoming record. And that was the, the, the appointment was booked for that night. Right. We taped, I think, at four. And mm -hmm. I want to say the session was at seven. So I literally lost threw on a jacket, grabbed my guitar and sat in traffic for an hour and a half to go and finish this song. And I had to completely lock into a different headspace, right? Like mm -hmm. critical thinking about something that mattered a lot to me. And 
yeah, I was thinking about that loss the entire time. It was awful. I, I tried to ignore it. I tried to not think about it, but I can promise right. you guys that session was not that satisfying. And I wasn't locked into the drum sounds that I was supposed to be listening to. You know, I kept thinking about it and kept replaying the moments. And yeah. so I definitely think that when you get to win in person, uh, in, you know, around people, um, it's wonderful. It's great. And especially because we're all psychos. We all are obsessed yeah. with this weird little subculture thing. And when yeah. you're in person with people and they watch you win, it's like, it's like getting to be freaking prom Feels king good. for the night or something. Yeah. It's such a fun yeah. experience. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. celebrating you and you get to talk about all the questions. It is the best. It's truly the best. Yeah. And then there's even times like uh, at a certain point of the night, like it just, the Shmodan talk just drops and then you're just like hanging out with friends yeah. and you're on a, an emotional high and like, that just feels good. And if you haven't been able to do that in a while, just to be really happy around a group of people you love, like that just feels really good. Uh, and yeah, no, it, it, I was very, very, very grateful that this was able to be in person and not digital, you know, who knows what would have changed with the result or the questions or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I was very grateful and I was able to, I was at Kaiser's the two days before it literally in a dungeon, uh, and he was working with me as often as he could. And I was working by myself and with Mara and, uh, yeah, you just can't overstate how much more gets done, how much more confident you can feel, uh, for me, at least going into an in-person environment. Yeah. I mean, it's what it's, it's what it's all about. And the, the, the irony of all this, as we talk about it, like there's even like, it's even a comparison is that at the first six years of this show, right. uh, there was none of that ever. We would never even have considered it. There was only one right. way to do it. And, you know, I think for any fan who's watching this show or who has a conversation about what the Shmodan was to them or what they used to watch versus what they watch now, uh, I think next season is going to be a real, 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 real return to what we all remember the show feeling like. Um, mm -hmm. I just know there's going to be a space we're going to be shooting at here in LA. Those tape days are almost two years ago. Like Goddard, yeah. I mean, you used to go to those things all the time it's like a distant memory getting to show up every weekend or, you know, three out of four weeks of the month and, and be around a group of 40 people who were like-minded and everybody talking about the matches upcoming. It's such a different experience than what we get now. That communal thing we've had like six times in two years. Yeah. Like the, the thing I really noticed when Khan, uh, King Khan played lawn and, yeah. you know, he took a tough loss, you know, played really well, just didn't pull it out. But I felt so good for him because he got to hang out with all the exchange members afterwards and he came out with us afterwards. And so, like, you're exactly right. I, like, I can't, like, just sitting in your room, like, turning off StreamYard after, like, a tough loss. You're like, ah, oh, cool. So what do I do with the rest of my day besides yeah. not think about this? But no, like, you're, you're at, especially, you know, at the canteen, you're already at a bar. So it's, um, it's a, such a great atmosphere. And then you go out with everyone if you want to and. You know, Saul came out with us. Um, I yeah. missed him because I was, a, yeah, I was so, I was so happy. Like I was, I texted him. I was like, "Dude, you need to come out. It's going yeah. to help. It's going to help." And it did. Like I know that yeah. it helped. So I'm so glad he came out. And it does. Like um, it was the same thing. You know, with the he came out with us at the comedy store after collision. That was a good time. And too. it was like it was oh. perfect for him. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that that part, the thing you just mentioned too, about when you are, you know, Khan's a newer player, right? And and I, I've talked to Khan a few times now, but you know, Khan doesn't have three podcasts and doing tons of stuff all over the internet and a super, super outward person, right? Really nice guy. You get to lose the match and then come out of your shell and talk to tons of people who are like-minded, who do something similar to you. And that's, for instance, I mentioned this thing, you know, going to record the song. I would never have scheduled that session if it was a studio match, ever. I would never have had a four o'clock tape time and assumed that I was going to then leave win or loss and go record this thing because that's just not what you would do. But I, you know, I schedule it at that point so that it's like win or loss. I'm going to win or lose. I'm going to have something to go do. Of course I would have loved to have won. I would have felt better, but that's just not what happened. Um, so I think it's going to be something really special to all kind of return to. And then also because there's so many out of town players. Another thing that I was thinking about is those out of town players when they're in town, probably will get matches right if they're a significant mm -hmm. personality if they're in LA for some reason you know Christian will probably figure out ways to make sure he's including the talent that's in the city so imagine what yeah. that's going to be like you're going to have a friend in from out of town that you know you're going to get to hang out with all day you haven't seen in six months you get to see twice right. a year and they're going to be at the studio it's going to be like getting to catch up with people every weekend um I just can't wait for next year man but in the meantime between now and then 
we do obviously have a huge matchup for you, and it's going to be against the winner yeah. of Amadou Moses and Mike Kalinowski. Um, yeah. Which do we, daughter? Do you have the date that match airs? I do not. I'll check the schedule right now, though. Okay. I think it's at the end of the month, but I could be wrong with that. So Mike Kalinowski, Amadou Moses is a big time match. We're going to see if Mike defends, put himself in position to be at spectacular, or if it's going to be Amadou, you know, rookie makes it all the way to spectacular with the title in hand. But either way, you go up against the winner of that matchup and you've got a lot of time to prepare. Um, Not that much time. Two months isn't that long. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we we all know that the match taped. We all know the match taped. Friday, October 22nd. Okay, great. So Friday, October 22nd, it's upcoming pretty soon here. So, uh, you know, you've got a lot of time to prepare. Uh, you know who won the match already, so you can already do your preparation. And obviously now, you know, the winner of that match knows that they are playing you. And so they're going to be preparing for you as well. Um, do you know going into Spectacular that there was, I guess this is weird because we, <laughs> did you have did you have one of these players that you distinctly preferred playing against? You don't have to say which one. Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, both of them, I think I really would have, uh, looked forward to playing, uh, for, di- for very different reasons. Um, but I, for my own very selfish reasons, yes, I, I did have a preference and, uh, either way I'm excited for spectacular. And I, I know that, uh, next year is going to change a lot of things, but I am trying my hardest not to think about it too much because I still have it this year. And it matters to me a lot that I finish out strong. Yeah, it is kind of crazy to think, um, you know, we don't really know if Kevin Smets is fully interested in returning to the movie Trevi Shimona. We know he's expressed interest in it uh, in sort of in a someday capacity. And we know through his recovery, he had talked about it as being something that he was interested in. But we kind of don't really know uh, what next season is going to hold. And obviously, we all would give him all of the, the time in the world if it was something that he wanted to take a season off again or, or, you know, maybe sit on his legacy. He's got a child now. He's got a lot of things on his mind. But we know that you and Mara are two players that are pretty heavily involved in the Schmodown. And mm-hmm. given the structure that we've kind of hearing about, um, it's hard to imagine that two inner geekdom specialists could end up on the same faction next season. Uh, so it does yeah. sort of seem like, and in the event that for whatever reason, Smets was to come back and play, if that was to happen again, you're talking about this core being split up all across the league. Yeah. I think sometimes about which division do I think next season is going to be the most fascinating to watch because now with factions being like like a little bit less of a forefront part of it uh obviously factions being smaller you know you being kind of the premier team single star wars or ig player on a you know on a faction right it's just Mm -hmm. you i wonder which which division is going to get the most competitive because it's going to change you know like you know take corruption as a great example those players probably are not going to all be together on the same faction you're going to have a lot more it's not going to be inter-faction fighting uh, nearly as much as we've seen this season right yeah it's going to be interesting and we'll see how everything shakes out like I said I, you know I've I, I've heard whispers but I honestly don't know that I've ever like gotten a full rundown of what's going on um, and I honestly don't really want to know yet uh, I I want to be focused for the next two months on what I have to be focused on and what I can do for my career and uh, for my faction right now and uh, you know hopefully keep us towards the top of the leaderboard and uh, yeah I'm still very focused on this year yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be a great spectacular, you know, we know you will be at spectacular. We know yep. that the winner of the upcoming star Wars tournament, uh, which we don't know yet. So we don't know in singles teams or star Wars who will be there, but we know you will be there. That's the, cool. you're, I think, are you the only, I guess you're probably the only confirmed player so far. Um, that's true. Cause New York hasn't happened yet. And Thomas Harper. Yes. Oh, Harper's confirmed as well. Yes. He's playing. He'll be playing Thank the winner you, of the Star Wars yeah. tournament. Yeah, I knew yes. I was I knew I was off by one. Yeah. But those two. So one champ and one challenger, and the rest we don't know yet. Yeah. What yeah. do you guys okay, think as far, as far as rookie of the year right now? If you guys had to if you guys had to go with it. I mean, Harper is making a pretty strong yeah. case. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah if, probably Harper. Yeah, right now it's Thomas. I think, you know, if I you know, we've got three big rookies coming up with Paige, Josh, and Griffin in there yep. uh, for the singles tournament. Mm-hmm. Griffin's probably in the front runner because, you know, King Arthur just had a big win and he's, I think he's got the most singles wins for rookie right now. And then if Amaru uh, gets it done against Mike, that, that'd be a pretty strong case as well. So we still, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome that we have this many possibilities for rookie of the year. 
this feels like you know back when right. it was either Smets or Paulo Yama, and that was like a, a coin flip of who you wanted to pick of like being the rookie of the year that year. Yeah, right. there was a, feasibly there was a, by the end of the spectacular, three rookies could be champions. Four. There was a minute there where four. it looked like the front runner for player of the year was going to be Irwin. You know, he's got a he's got a team's opportunity upcoming here. I think to kind of solidify that, possibly, you know, mm-hmm. really, really possibly show that that he is that guy. But I think the loss. Uh, I think the loss to Marisol probably, and the fact that he, you know, got knocked out in the uh, intergeek tournament by you, uh, probably starts to kind of slide him down. I'm wondering though, who huh. would maybe, who would maybe fill that role? I guess it kind of depends what Deception does in out. this team's yeah. tournament, right? If Deception yeah. does something big in the team's tournament, let's say Deception's able to win the title at the end of the year, you could probably make a pretty strong argument for Marisol at that point. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. But, you know, player of the year always, I feel like it's after the tournament that that really solidifies. Because yeah. anybody e- even, who wins the singles tournament, it's such a huge accomplishment to win five in a row like that. Right. And that's for, that goes for most of the uh, awards as well. And there is just like an insane amount of recency bias too. Uh, nice. But that's, that's how it goes, you know. But same goes for any award. Um, so we have Parker here for about 10 or 15 more minutes. Um, I really quickly do want to give a quick shout out. I'm just going to take the podium for a quick second. Uh, that intergeekdom match is going to be airing on the 22nd. Now I got a couple things upcoming, uh, and I'm going to ask you guys who are watching the show right now a favor. If any of you have supported any of what I've done in music, uh, this is a really big one. My last single that I'm putting out, it's a song called happiness. It's going to be dropping on the 18th of October. It's the last song I'm putting out before I hit the road on the 27th and head out on the road to Denver that first weekend. Goddard's going to be with me, Denver, Austin, and Orlando. Tickets are on sale for that. I've, I've talked about that week after week. But if you drop a song, one of the biggest things that you can possibly get in terms of support is pre-saves. It's the thing that Spotify looks for when they want to put you on, say, like Discover Weekly or an upcoming playlist. It's a huge piece of releasing a song. It's free. If you have a Spotify account and you click the link, literally all it's going to do is let you know on your Spotify account when it drops and it sends a trigger to Spotify being like, hey, this person's promoting their music and it can spread your song out, which is a really big deal. I'm trying to get this going. So I'm going to put the link, uh, Dwayne, I put it here in the chat a second ago. It's this DistroKid hyperfollow link. If you guys can just do me a quick favor, please, anybody watching the show, if you're watching this on repeat, click the link uh, and hyperfollow the song. It'll just, all it'll do is it'll show up in your Spotify uh, recommendations when it drops. And uh, it means a lot to, to me and to the expansion of what I'm trying to do as an artist. So thank you guys so much if you do that. That's my, that's my moment. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, all right. So, so back to this conversation uh, kind of about spectacular, what the season is going to look like and what's going on next season. I know for a fact from talking to you at the beginning of the season, singles and teams in the fan leagues was something that you were actually a part of. You actually know yeah. your stuff. Oh, yeah. I gave you, we were quizzing each other. I remember in the early part of the, the preseason before yeah. you know, when we, when you and I knew that we were doing the dungeon thing before it was yeah. official, I can remember driving around and I was like, all right, I'll give you, I'll give you eight uh, singles questions. You give me eight intergeekdom questions. <laughs> and uh, needless to say, you were more accurate than I was, but. Uh, <laughs> it was closer than you think. <laughs> Go- going into next season, is that something that you would consider? Would you, would you yeah. consider doing the cross division thing? Not to singles. Uh, okay. I think that division, at least not yet, that division just, um, I don't know. It's not like a comfort level, like the trivia is the same. So, you know, my comfort with my knowledge would be the similar. Uh, but I think as far as a showman type thing, I don't think I have as much juice in singles. And even if I like hopped in and won a match or two, I just don't think I would enjoy it as much. I think I'd be way too stressed. Whereas with teams, I think personally, I could like hang. I will, you know, it's tough with these uh, harder questions too. But at the start of the season, I was like, playing along and you know just playing from your couch instead of on the match on the day but you know I was winning matches against not against rookies like against uh, real people uh in singles and teams and things like that so I definitely think I could hang um it, it's gone down out of the questions it's gotten harder and I've stopped paying attention to movies that aren't IG uh but yeah. I I can I can pick it back up pretty quick and it would depend on the partner you know uh there was a time uh, way back when at the start of the year when we were uh, mapping things out. And again, the schedule just didn't work out this way, but you know, had you and Dan uh, won the title towards the start of the year. And if the teams had been a two team per faction tournament, uh, there was a heavy possibility a, a likelihood even that I was going to be in teams this year uh, that didn't work out just because 
uh, now that you guys not win, but they're also just the team's term was only one team. Um, but it was a possibility. And that's something I'm still interested in. Depends on the teammate. Uh, depends on how the slices change next year. Uh, depends if I can still put in IG slices. But even if I couldn't, I still think I could hang. Uh, so teams is definitely something I'd still be interested in. Singles, just I'm just personally not as interested in it. There was a team and Star configuration. Wars, there was a team configuration that we talked about that I think was a really clever idea. And I, I haven't, I didn't see any team do it, but it's kind of like it's kind of like in fantasy, the idea of like stars and scrubs. And it's yeah. sort of the idea that you take one of these, we take one of these seasoned players, like, you know, Mark Riley, Alonzo Duralde, like these sort of tanks of knowledge who are maybe more middling in terms of their recent record, but you know that they just know a lot. And mm-hmm. you take an inner team specialist like yourself and you slap them together as a team yeah. and you get all of the veteran knowledge in round two. So any deep category, that person can essentially anchor if they spin a right. broad category, right? They're going to be very good. Uh, but you also have the strength to be able to put those inner geekdom slices on the wheel for the IG right. player. And as long as you guys can mostly keep it together in round one and give the tank player the five, uh, it's a, it's a strategy that I didn't see anybody use this year. Cause we didn't Nobody's, have, I think it could work though. I, even with the harder questions, I still think it would work. I was, I was fascinated by this. I know I talked to you about the strategy at one point yeah. we didn't really have. Well, we technically did actually. We had Whitney Seibel. We drafted. Whitney would have been, and he kind of would have been that guy. That was that yeah. was like a that was a combination that we talked about. But in the end, yeah. uh, that didn't work. We picked up Del Rio, put him in the tournament, yeah. and it was only a, a one team tournament, so it didn't happen. But certainly something interesting to think about going forward. Um, yeah, I still think it's a viable. You know, the factions aren't as prevalent next year, and that that's not a team that you need to win a title. That's a team that could go two and one, three and one, or something like that, then be done for the season, and that's still three teams matches worth of points that you wouldn't have had before. Uh, so it, it made more sense going into this season or last season. Uh, not sure how viable it is for the future, but I think a team like that could win matches at the yeah. very least. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, I believe that we have uh, a little bit of a, a technical glitch this week with the Streamlabs and Super Chat. So if anybody got in a Streamlab or a Super Chat this week that didn't get read out, we're having trouble refreshing the page. Mm. So we will read them next week. Anything that we missed this week, we do apologize for that. Obviously, um, just something going on with trying to get those loaded. Unless Goddard, you correct me if I'm wrong there, but I think we are uh, having a little bit of a, a problem there with the refresh. Yeah, um, uh, not working. Yeah, not working today. So otherwise, guys, I think we are going to wrap up the show today. Thank you all so much for watching another episode of Schmodown Backstage. Uh, Parker, thank you for coming on the show. I will uh, I'll let me, you go here and uh, wrap up the show, my friend. Sounds good. I will see, see you soon. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Sounds good, man. See you in Chicago. Yeah, I'll see you soon, my friend. Uh, Goddard, are you going to New York? Uh, I am. I will be there. You will be in New York. I'm jealous. Jealous, man. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to really, really I know. miss it. Sad you're not going to be there. Yeah, it would be fun to hang out, man. Uh, so speaking of us hanging out, uh, Universal. I think we're doing Universal, not Disney World. That's what it sounds like. I'm okay the, with it. I wanna, I'm want. i okay with Harry Potter World. Yeah, for the fine, the Deacons, who are just the best people in the entire world, um, got, us, uh, got us a sweet, uh, that's, a, that's a pun, uh, they got us. Uh, they got us a good a good spot to stay near Universal. So I think we're gonna play play the show on the day, and then we're gonna have one extra day to do Universal, which I'm really excited. Have you been to Universal before? Uh, here I have not in Orlando. No, I'm in the same boat. I've never been to Orlando. I've been to the one here. I've done the studio tour here, which is awesome. But uh, I don't know. Universal Studios Florida, when I was growing up, was always like a big deal, you know? Yeah, I want to see. I want to see some of these stunt shows, man. I love being a good stunt show. The Waterworld show here is so great. Yeah. Have you been to Florida? Uh, yes. And I've been to Orlando too. Yeah. Oh, cause you went to the Orlando event back yeah. in 19. Is that mm-hmm. right? I did. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Sweet. Rock and roll. Um, all right. Well, I think we are going to pretty much wrap up the show guys. Be sure to tune into the pay-per-view, get your tickets. You can watch it streamed live, the schmodownlive.com or just become a patron, patreon.com slash schmodown. And the last thing I will shout out, and this is just a quick plug is, uh, for anybody who can't come out to see me on one of the shows, we're talking about the live in-person shows. I did just add a tour kickoff show that is going to be digital. Like I did back in April. It's like kind of a fundraiser for the tour obviously because touring is very expensive and also i'll be playing the full set that i'll be playing on the road but digital tickets are 10 bucks and uh, i'm gonna put the link in the chat here as well if anybody wants to get a ticket and they won't be able to come to a show i completely understand but it's gonna be a fun time and i'm gonna play you know for a full 45 minutes in the full set so Dwayne, if you can throw that stage at link in the chat for anybody who wants to grab a ticket otherwise 
guys, thank you for watching another episode. Uh, another episode of Shmodan Backstage. We're fully in tournament season. Keep tuning in every single week. Get excited for Orlando. Get ex- sorry, get excited for uh, New York. I mean to say, spectacular. And of course, next season. Be sure to be tuning in to the SEN channel. Christian has been pumping the hell out of this channel, and we're getting pretty close to 20,000 subs over there as that thing grows. Uh, the big thing, there's a Star Wars show over there. It's a really, really, really fun channel with uh, much more conversational stuff. No Streamlabs, no Super Chats. So, Otherwise, everybody, thanks for watching. See you next week. Dwayne, Goddard, see you soon, guys. Chance was locked in, and Chance is the number one contender. And I'm glad that the Schmodown is coming to us to let us both play home field advantage in the city that we know. My hometown, I'm used to public events. It'd be great to have that live atmosphere. Sure, bring it on, let's do it. I genuinely relish the opportunity. Going back to stage, they made me great. Won the first singles match on that very stage. And now I'm going to win the first singles belt on that stage. Chance is on fire. He's one of absolutely the best players in this game. And we're going to scrap in New York. Be there to see Marisol McKee attempt to defend that title. She's got to beat Chance Ellison to do it. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.